often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 548. I am your host, Josh Albrecht, recording once again inside the Slapbox penthouse. Agent Fox Mulder back there somewhere, sleeping, because he's a cat. He just likes to do that. He likes to do that a lot. He's very talkative, though. He's a talker, that one. He likes to meow a lot. He has also had the habit here lately. He likes to come to get my lap and stuff whenever uh, I'm uh, over at my PC like I am now. Often at times playing Call of Duty. And uh, he hasn't really done it so much yet when doing the podcast. And he likes to sit on the soundboard. He's not real big on sitting in my lap. He's starting to do it more here lately. He, he prefers me to lay down. And he gets angry that I don't lay down for him to lay on me. But... Uh, <laughs> He's been sitting on the fucking soundboard a lot and laying on it. And then I'll end up, you know, pressing buttons in and such. So uh, hopefully he doesn't start doing that while I'm doing the show. Because that could be, you know, an issue. I'll have to stop and then figure out what button he hit. <laughs> and go like, why isn't this recording? As, uh, I feel like I'm just like goading him into it at this point. Uh, uh, talking about it. Especially out of the gate like this. Just right, right, right at it. Just uh, begging him to come over here. As uh, <laughs> I've had an interesting week, interesting week. Well, the last couple of days they've been good, been good to me. I got my signing bonus at work. One of the the that which I wasn't sure if they were gonna actually give me. It was uh, I thought I was supposed to get it like the week before, and so that was a good start to Friday. And uh, I ordered a new guitar pedal, which I'll get into a bit later, I guess. And, uh, which I haven't tried yet. I haven't tried it. <laughs> um, though I do have it in my hand. I do have it in my hand. And, uh, I, uh, went on a bit of a, a streak of luck there with some uh, lottery tickets that hopefully I can continue today. As, uh, I got a Mega Millions ticket on Tuesday. That ended up being a $10 winner. And then I cashed it in. I don't remember what day it was. I guess it was Wednesday. I cashed that sucker in. Wednesday or Thursday, I cashed it in. I guess it was Wednesday. Yeah, it was Wednesday I cashed it in for the... Uh, well, I took it in, and then I turned that into a $10 scratch-off ticket, <laughs> which ended up winning me $15. That I ended up turning around and cashing that $15 winner in Friday. And uh, I was like, you know what? Let's step up the game a little bit. And I got the uh, $20. I spent a little bit more than what I actually won. I got a $20 lottery ticket. Which ended up winning me $100. And I, I think I'm going to take that hundo and then put it into... <laughs> like five. Just see if I can keep going up. And then, because I feel like this isn't my money. I haven't cashed this in. I haven't actually received the cash. And I guess the previous ones I didn't cash in really either. I just took it in like, here, give me other tickets for it. Let's swap it, <laughs> basically. Swapping. 
I'm doing like a red paperclip sort of situation, if you're familiar with that story from the internet many, many years ago, where the somebody started with the red paperclip and traded all the way to a house. Um, I'm taking <laughs> a $2 Mega Millions ticket and trying to turn it into, you know, at least a couple of grand. That'd be great. Just a couple of grand, pay off some debt, you know. I know I'll have to pay off, pay taxes on whatever the amount is. It could be, it could be a lot. It could be a hell of a lot of taxes. What is one one nice thing about uh, if you get the Mo Lottery app, is the Missouri Lottery app. You can look at uh, all the scratch-off games and at least see how many unclaimed prizes there are so you know which games to avoid if you're going to play scratchers and go like, okay, there's not many prizes left in this. There's, there's no point in buying that lottery ticket. <laughs> and so uh, it kind of increases your odds, you know? Because if there is, if all the prizes have been claimed, your odds are zero. <laughs> um, but I guess there's always some prizes, but it's usually, you know, the lower level things, like you might win the price of the ticket back. And uh, if I go in and buy five, because this is a $20 ticket I won the 100 on. If I get five more of the 20 of the same one, which there's only one left of the mi- big jackpot on that one. Um, and uh, But they got a lot of, you know, other smaller prizes to win on that game. Cause it's a, it is a newer one. This is a one in 3.04 chances. So one out of every three tickets I can win there. And uh, so if I buy five, theoretically, <laughs> now I could still lose that all, lose on all of them, but potentially I would at least win $20 out of buying five with those odds enough to buy another ticket. <laughs> so I win it, but you know, they have, okay, the grand, the uh, big prize and on this scratcher, it's the $2 million ultimate cash card and uh, lottery ticket, whatever. And uh, they've had two jack, full jackpots there of $2 million. Which you wouldn't actually receive $2 million if you won, by the way. Now, y- you can do much like you can with Powerball. You can uh, take 20 years uh, payouts of a hundred grand. Which again, they take taxes out of that. Um, <clears throat> so that would give you know, if you're not factoring in taxes, that is two million dollars. But then you can also opt for the lump sum cash payment of one million three hundred sixty thousand. Uh, which again, before withholding taxes, so you're going to cut that in half, and look at maybe. Maybe six hundred thousand dollars. That's a big difference between two million and six hundred thousand dollars. Still a lot of money. Still a lot of life changing. If I played my cards right, you know, I could really turn things around. <laughs> but it's a it's quite a bit less than two million. <laughs> it's important to remember if you actually win that. You're gonna have to pay a lot of taxes on that. And then, you know, the big purchase you buy, you're also gonna have to pay taxes on it. Uh, that money could quickly disappear. Quickly disappear. 
But uh, if I was smart about it, you know, I could pay off all my debt. That would be a big thing. And then have enough money to have a little bit of fun afterwards. And uh, But on the on this ticket there's also there's still four prizes left of the hundred thousand dollars which again i you know after taxes and all is probably less than fifty thousand which would pay all my debt off minus the mortgage that mortgage is uh still a lot low on there's 130 something thousand left to pay on that <laughs> not quite gonna cover that <clears throat> I I'd be happy with, you know, just like a thousand. There's a 5000, there's 100,000, 20,000, 10,000, 5000, 1000, 500, 200, 150, 40 and 20. But uh you know, I don't I don't know that I'd be I mean, it'd be great if uh fuck, I mean, if I just got like a $500 winner. <laughs> there's a thousand 1400 basically unclaimed $500 winners. So if I buy five, you know, maybe I'll get maybe the chances aren't great, but I could potentially hit, you know, 500, potentially hit 2 million. Doubt it. <laughs> Odds are not great. I wish it would say how many of these tickets are actually printed. Because this is just in the state of Missouri. These uh, tickets are here, but you know, there's millions of people living in Missouri. And, uh, a lot of places that sell tickets, so there's a lot of these fuckers floating around. But uh, it's you know we'll see, we'll see. I mean, I was pretty stoked that I got the hundred dollars. I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah. And hopefully, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe if I win. <laughs> Like uh, one of the bigger mounts, I should turn that around to like Powerball, like pr- put a percentage. Because <laughs> the way, even if like oh, I win a grand, you know, maybe I turn around and uh, turn that into a, like a uh, just see how long you keep playing. I feel like there's better, there's at least better odds with these scratch offs than the Powerball, which Powerball and Mega Millions. Like the let's face it, it's highly unlikely. Even though I've been playing Powerball now for probably close to a decade. <laughs> Very unlikely I'm going to win at any point. <laughs> Very unlikely. Uh, but the in comparison, the odds of winning one of these scratch-off tickets to the Powerball is uh, it's a world of difference, you know? World of difference. Still, still unlikely I'd hit that jackpot total of $2 million, which again would be like, you know, after taxes, like six hundred grand or whatever. I could piss that away real easy with the, you know, after I pay off my mortgage, and uh, if I ended up getting a different house, that would, that would eat up all the money. Uh, well, depending on the house, and I, you know, still had to pay like utilities and taxes every year on the house, so I couldn't buy any insane house that would be like, uh, I'd have to be concerned about taxes. You know, I wouldn't be able to quit my job on that kind of a jackpot unless I. Got some very small place that uh, didn't require any uti- much in the way of utilities. And <laughs> just lived. I'd have to really live within my means, which is apparently not something I'm good at. <laughs> it's never been something I've been real great at. I've always lived above my means and been fairly careless with money. 
I mean, I managed to get my bills paid. So that's something. But I could I could be more intelligent about things. I'd like to uh I'd like to be uh a bit impulsive though. <laughs> with things. And uh Yeah. So uh but you know, maybe maybe uh, maybe I'll get maybe I'll get five hundred thousand dollars or something. Of playing later. We shall see. We shall see. But uh, that out of the way, man, I've had, uh, other than that, I mean, the last couple of days have been pretty, pretty fun. We had third Thursday group run. Uh, Thursday night, of course. And, uh, man, I I had like a whole pizza there, Bosco sticks, and a couple of drinks. I had like two drinks there. <laughs> and then the next day, at work, um, I got a free lunch deal out of uh, being s- selected as the uh, quality champion, which I'm not sure it's like an honor to do so much. It's that more that now I got to attend these quality meetings for the next three months and just uh, really watch out for quality and help out with that. <laughs> it's, I don't know that it's necessarily something I did. To be like, yeah, woo, you rock, or anything. It's more of just like, oh, you get to. But, I mean, I get free lunches like once a month, at least three months. So, I'm down for that, dude. You, you hooked me up with Jimmy John's and everything. I'm <laughs> I'm pretty stoked about that. Uh, and I've, I, get, I guess I'm a. I like to, you know, I'm a bit of a perfectionist in a lot of ways. And I try, I try to improve my quality. So, uh <laughs> As uh, the, it was nice having that lunch, but you know, I ate an insane amount of food these last couple of days because third Thursday, went and did that, and then uh, with the the pizza and Bosco sticks, and then I have Jimmy John's for lunch the next day, and also, I had gotten, I had ordered, I kind of forgot about it too. I had ordered Girl Scout cookies. From Jimmy Cro-Magnon's daughter, Emma. And uh, he uh, brought him to work <laughs> yesterday. So not only did I have Jimmy John's, but I had Tagalongs, which I think are are probably the best Girl Scout cookie, if if I'm going to rate them. Although, you know, to be honest, I guess I, I don't think I've had every single Girl Scout cookie. Or if I have, it's been a long time. I know, pretty stoked about they have a... Oh, Internet-only exclusive that it's like Thin Mints, but it's like raspberry. I wanted to try that. I wanted to try that. But you could only get it online, and I think February 27th is when you can actually order those. Like, not till after the 27th. And uh, when I ordered them, it wasn't that late, obviously. Uh, and uh, But the Tagalongs. I ordered Tagalongs and Thin Mints, and so... <laughs> I had at work, I knocked back a few of the tagalongs, and then I was like, oh shit, I'm eating Jimmy John's. I didn't know I was going to be eating Jimmy John's until that day. And then, like, hey, I'd like, you know, you need to come in here for lunch. And, like, oh, free. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's get some Jimmy John's. <laughs> let's get it. And then uh, I, there was a cookie in there, too. Like, man, cookie, chips. I mean, it was one of those box lunch things. And, uh, it's like turkey and ham on the sandwich, a lot of mayo. And then uh <laughs> yesterday night, Friday night, um 
went over to John and Megan's, if you've been listening to this a long time, I, uh, of course, my friends from the old run store. And, uh, <laughs> of course, I, I knew them before the run store being part of the same run group and all. And uh, we had been talking a lot, lot for, I don't know, six, seven months. It's been a long time about uh, having shrimp and grits. And we were all fans of shrimp and grits because uh, I, when I went to South Carolina uh, in 2019 to uh, for work at the the old job, I helped set up a machine out there, and uh, like every night I went out and had shrimp and grits. Is uh, you know what I'm a fan. Well, I uh, finally at third Thursday. Uh, Megan's like, well, you know, we need to just do this because we've been talking about it forever, having like going over to their their house and having shrimp and grits, and then finally we just uh, we were gonna do like next weekend, and then just like, eh, fuck it, let's just do it like tomorrow. And so I, I ended up going over to their house last night and uh, getting some shrimp and grits, man, and it was it was fucking good. It was fucking good. Shrimp and grits is so good, and I brought over the Girl Scout cookies, so we're eating shrimp and grits, and I had more alcohol. And I had a smoothie before I went, man. I was going all out because I, yesterday's when I got the scratch off ticket and uh, for the hundred dollar winner. And right before I got the scratch off, I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I got my sign on bonus. Like, Hey, let's go out and like, let's get a smoothie. I want to get a smoothie, some protein in me to help recover from the run and such. And so I got a smoothie from Smoothie King. Then I went to the gas station, got a hundred dollar winner. And then went and had some really good shrimp and grits. Good times. Good times. And, uh, <laughs> hell yeah. And, and I got my guitar pedal in yesterday, which, again, haven't tried yet. Um, but I guess I'll go ahead and get into that now. It's, uh, I don't remember what day I ordered it. I'm pretty sure I got this, ordered this after the last podcast. And it was, I guess I'd seen something on a video or something about a feedback pet or I was just like, you know what? Uh, because, you know, I've been trying to really work on playing tool. I still intend to put out a video at some point of me playing my guitar and just, just to get an attaboy, an attaboy from Adam Jones, because I know if I put out a video and I'm, you know, fairly decent on it on Instagram and tag Mr. Jones, I'm sure he'd be like, Oh, nice or something you know it wouldn't be i don't know how well it would be like how much he would really say about it but i'm just like holy shit adam jones you know (laughs) well you know it would be it would be awesome just for him to like screenshot that and then uh like tag it in his stories because he does that kind of stuff a lot and just like holy shit he actually you know watched me play uh, a medley of tool songs would be fantastic but anyway um because I live in a townhouse and share walls with my neighbors, I can't, of course, rock the uh, guitar amp without, like, headphones, without, you know, uh, being a total dick to my neighbors. And, I, you know, I just don't rather not do that. <laughs> just wouldn't be cool, you know. Shake their walls and I don't know when they're, what their hours are or anything. They could be sleeping in the middle of the day. I don't think so, but maybe. <laughs> and uh it it just wouldn't be good. And uh so uh Adam Jones uses a lot of feedback. 
in uh, his songs, man. He really, uh, it's it's a tool in his arsenal. And when you're just playing with headphones, you can't get feedback. It's just it's just not a thing. So I w- started just like searching on YouTube, like uh, feedback pedals. I think I think it just came from a search because I was like, you know what? I bet there's you know an effects pedal that would be pretty decent for just causing feedback. And uh, <clears throat> sure enough, there is. <laughs> and I found some videos where it showed several. And uh, I am a fan of Digitech because they make the Digitech Whammy pedal that uh, basically I call I would say is basically the Tom Morello, bleh, Morello pedal. Um, cause I would think most people would be more familiar with him using it, although the Edge from U2 uses it. I think uh, it's more synonymous with Tom Morello because if you get, I mean, he uses that thing a lot, like a lot of Rage songs. There, I mean, he uses it in uh, Audio Slave as well, like when he's doing a lot of the DJ type sounds and shit. There's a uh, Killing in the Name of the solo of that. That's the Digitech Whammy. And, uh, which, you know, it's like Rage's biggest song and you can set it to different octaves and everything when you're rocking back on the pedal. And so it, it's raising or lowering the octaves and, uh, you can, there's a lot of range on the whammy. You can select a lot of different, um, octaves and you can make your guitar sound like a bass. Jack White actually used that one. Uh, when uh, in the White Stripes, of course, so a Seven Nation Army, he made it the the beginning. It sounds like a bass playing, but it's actually him on guitar using the Digitech whammy to drop, uh, drop the tone there. The uh, and uh, yeah, it sounds like a bass. So it's 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 a really awesome pedal. It, it's fun to dick around with, and uh. I mean, you could just change the octave, like lowering the octave there to make it sound like a, a bass and just keep the pedal pressed in. Or you can, you know, rock it back and forth and get like a effect like <clears throat> in Killing in the Name of uh, Solo. Also, he use, uh, Tom Morello uses that in well, many songs, but uh, Know Your Enemy is uh, one where he keeps it... Uh, it's higher octave, but, I, you know, I'm not sure what the setting is. Two octaves up or four it's something like that and of course he's using his kill switch (laughs) but uh anyway so yeah that's like a classic pedal by digitech well digitech makes a feedback pedal as well and it's called the freak out but it's spelt of course f-r-e-q like frequency and then out freak out um and uh, I I have yet to actually use it, but I, I'm pretty stoked to be able to just okay. I want feedback on this on this note where I'm just hit the pedal. I'm, I'm curious. I I've watched a lot of videos on it, and uh, I think uh, I think it'll be fun to play around with. As uh, there's several different or there's a few different ways you can use it. Like there's um like this pedal looks just sweet too. It's got like this brushed silver look to the outside and then uh, black on the sides and bottom. And then uh, it's got gears and stuff like in the uh, <coughs> artwork on the pedal. And it's just, it's, it's nice. Like I even like the font on freak out. It's, 
it just looks nice, man. Looks nice, nice looking pedal. And then, uh, <clears throat> of course, there's you can set uh, momentary on and off. There's two switches: momentary on and off, dry on and off. And like the momentary, if you flip that on, the feedback only occurs when you push in the hold in the pedal, the button on the pedal, um, which is I would imagine how I'm going to use it. <laughs> Where you momentary's off, and then it just plays feedback like on every note you hit. And you can set, there's a dial to where you can set the onset rate. Like, the, that's um, how long it takes for the feedback to kick in. So you can set, because like, you know, if you're creating feedback on a guitar, you, you know, walking near an amp and just loud as shit, <laughs> creating feedback, it it. T- Generally takes a few seconds for it to hit hit in after you've hit the note or whatever. So, you know, to be more natural, you probably want to set it at a bit of a delay. And uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, the, there's that option. You can add gain. And then there's types of feedback, um, which I guess that's octaves that it's set at. And... Uh, there's like a natural low and natural high too. There's a uh, yeah, it's the uh, feedback harmonic that you're uh, setting in there, and uh, <coughs> I don't know, it's a really cool pedal though. From what I, I've seen, there's also a display too of uh, lights to show <laughs> when the feedback's hitting in and all that and everything. Uh. I figure that'll make like playing like sober and stuff a lot nicer because he like stuff like that one. He uses a lot of feedback. I mean, like most Tool songs, there's there's a lot of feedback going on. So I mean, he's rocking a two, sometimes three amp setup where he's rocking like a Marshall super bass from the like the 70s, and then splitting that off. He's also using a diesel VH4 as well as sometimes he runs like a Mesa Boogie. And so there's just a lot of loud amps in there. And he actually uses, I believe, some boost pedals. Like uh, he'll use an EQ pedal to boost the signal when he wants to really drive home some fucking uh, feedback. So he'll just make it super louder by hitting in the like a equalizer pedal. Um, he may have a boost pedal, just a general boost pedal too doing that I'm I don't really recall what exactly his his pedal boards changed a bit through the years uh, but I figure this this could uh, this could be fun and make it uh, sound more tool-esque as uh, if I need to sound any more like Adam I'm gonna have to end up like ordering some of his blood or something and get like a transfusion or something <laughs> it's gonna I mean, I use the picks he uses, the strings. I've got one of his, uh, you know, signature guitars, though it's the Les Paul standard, not not a custom shop model. Um, there's no art on the back, <laughs> bastard. He did, of course, just release the Berserker art on the back of the Epiphone model as well. Uh, but uh. <clears throat> Yeah, you know, I don't know. I have to order some weird things with him. If, you know, I I should win a ton of money playing the lottery. I could 
maybe do that. Go stalk them. I don't know. <laughs> Probably won't do that. Probably won't. Although it would be pretty sweet to get like some backstage passes at some point. I just hang. And uh, <clears throat> I don't know. We we shall see what the future holds. I better hurry up on that though. They're getting older. I don't know how long. But you know, maybe they'll be like the Stones and play into their eighties. I mean, they're already like Danny's in his sixties now. Adam's like he just had a birthday. I want to say he turned fifty nine. Maynard's right there too. I don't think he's quite sixty yet, but he's like right there. And then uh, Justin's the young man of the group. He's like fifty or fifty one. <laughs> He's the he's the child of, of the group and uh <laughs> at 50. You can tell too when you watch him in concerts now. He is the one like jumping around, bobbing around like whoa. He's he's really moving. Where uh you know, Adam Adam's never been one I don't think to like really move a whole lot while playing even at like a younger age. He's just kind of he, I mean he's Chewbacca, man. He just like chills out back there. Or in, he's kind of not really in the back. I mean, Maynard's the one in the back nowadays. He's going to the back of the bus. He's doing a reverse Rosa Parks, that Maynard. He uh, he started in the front. And he's like, you know what? I'm just going to hang out in the back. <laughs> I'm hang out in the back. I don't need to be in front of this <laughs> this thing. Uh, uh, but, uh, but, yeah, it's... I I was like, man, I don't really need to buy a guitar pedal. I was like, ah, oh, I really felt like, you know, it would be really great to have some feedback. I'm worried though, like, man, that might <laughs> might have to turn down the overall sound going to the headphones. I don't want to make myself deaf. Like hitting that feedback pedal, it could. I imagine as long as I keep the gain low, then it shouldn't get too much louder whenever I kick in the feedback. Theoretically. Again, I haven't played with it though. Well, we shall see. And uh, <clears throat> I was just thinking about Valentine's Day as well. It was just, you know, this uh, last week, I guess. And uh, on an unrelated note, although, I mean, I guess this is kind of music related as uh, Steve Ewing from the band The Urge, the big St. Louis band, my favorite St. Louis band, The Urge. And... Uh, Steve has his own hot dog place, uh, Steve's Dogs. They were on Hampton Avenue, um, but uh, they're at another location now. They're no longer there. I'm not sure where they're at now. I'd like to go there. I mean, they have – I mean, it's Steve Ewing too. Yeah, I mean, you get to see Steve Ewing. I've heard he's a super nice guy, super nice guy. This uh, woman I run with, she actually uh, – she said she was uh, – third Thursday was saying she was like neighbors with him for a while. And uh, just a su- super cool dude, from what I understand. And I I, I love his music, but uh, the dogs get uh, interesting. There's some gourmet, if you will, hot dogs. And Valentine's Day, <laughs> they had some big D energy. They had the the vitamin D dog. I think it was, they called it something r- <laughs> like that. And it was just a dog that was a dick, a hot dog dick. <laughs> It had the uh, pretzel balls as the testes. And then, of course, the dog is the shaft. Dog shaft. (laughs) 
I'm not sure what else was on. I'm like, man, I'd, I'd eat that dick. I'd, I'd throw that dick down my throat. I would, <laughs> I'd, tr- I'd chew it. I, you know, I don't want to choke on it, you know, make for some great audio, of course, with the, <laughs> I mean, they weren't massive dicks. I don't think this wasn't a 12 or 13 inch kielbasa. Wasn't like that, uh, in Stern's uh, movie, The Private Parts, where the lady's taking like the 12, 12 inch kielbasa and deep throating it. This would be a much, although there was, you know, there was a bun, and of course, the pretzel balls is going to make it a little bit harder to deep throw the whole damn thing. You're, you're going to probably want to chew a little bit. You're going to want to chew a little bit of that dog <laughs> before letting it down. You know, maybe breathe beforehand. Yeah, uh, and uh, and yeah, that's <laughs> that's the vulgarity, and I feel like I met the vulgarity quota, I guess, for the show. Not that that won't stop me uh, later on talking about shit or something. As uh, oof, I have done a lot of that since uh, eating a fuck ton of food these last couple of days. It smelled awful. I don't know what it is, but when I drink alcohol, my shit smells fucking horrible. Not that it smells good or normally, but it smells way worse when uh, knocking back the grandpa's cough medicine. And no, it doesn't taste, or well, I don't know what it tastes like. I haven't eaten it, but (laughs) the smell (laughs) is nothing like uh, cough medicine. It's uh, just a brutal smell. And, uh... But uh, I guess the other thing that I've been getting into this week, uh, last Wednesday, they put out season two finally of uh, Call of Duty with a Modern Warfare two, as well as the uh, Warzone two. You got the season two going on there, and they uh, released the uh, Resurgence map. With the, of course, you're not familiar with the COD these days. They've got uh, with the Warzone that is. The normal battle royale map, you get, of course, there's, uh, there's a lot of people that drop in on the big map, and uh, it's much like Fortnite with the battle royale. Uh, when you die, there, um, you go to the gulag initially, and if you win in the gulag, you get to jump back into the main game and uh, help your squad. And then after. Of course, the gulag closes like the closer you get to the end. If you're in the final circle, the gulag's closed. And uh, the only way to get your buddy back is to buy them back at a buy station. But, of course, also, if you've already been to the gulag once, then uh, you don't, and you die again afterwards, then you don't get to hit the gulag, and then it's your, your buddies had to buy you back. But with Resurgence, it's a lot like playing multiplayer, whereas... You keep respawning. Uh, you die. You get to jump back in as long as your other teammates are alive. If your whole squad gets wiped. Your 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 match is over. Um. So when you're taking people on, you gotta hurry up and kill the rest of the squad. This resurgence is is a, a fair amount different than. Uh, well, it's got a different feel than uh, the Warzone ones resurgence. Whereas uh, resurgence on that one, I feel like it was a bigger map. This one they went with the Japanese map, which is cool. I like having a little bit of different uh, <clears throat> locales going on. And uh, I feel like there's been way too many in like the Middle East 
Although the uh, which I guess the last resurgence wasn't like Middle East. It was like Alcatraz. It wasn't really Middle East. <laughs> but uh, it's it's a lot more faster. It, like it's ins- it gets insane with this resurgence. Whereas uh, there's ways to speed up the your people coming back. Like if you get kills. I think if your buddy dies and then you get a kill, you can immediately bring them back. I could be wrong on that, but it's, I know there's ways to speed it up. It seems like it. I've come back immediately because generally, like in the resurgence prior, there's a countdown of like 40-something seconds that you have to wait before you actually respawn. And if your teammate dies in that time, you don't all your team, that is, then you don't get to come back. Whereas uh, <laughs> now... Uh, it's it's like the 40 something seconds and then uh you got uh but then of course you can just immediately come back and i don't know if looting and stuff affects it like if your teammate gets a bunch of money or loots and i'm not sure but i know that it seems that if your teammate gets a kill you get to come like basically right back uh and uh <laughs> And yeah, it gets pretty insane though because teams can come right back with doing that. If they kill another one of your teammates or somebody else, <clears throat> then the, the person you just killed can come right back knowing where you're at and fucking take you out. So it gets pretty hectic. And when you die you also know when you know where that player was and you, you could if you come right back cuz your buddy killed somebody it's just bam you're just so it gets a little intense but uh we finally did get a win my my squad and I got one win last night it took a while and there was some there was some anger going on cuz we were getting really <laughs> uh the shit kicked out of us and uh we got we did get a win and one thing I find really annoying, though, is they've, in Warzone 2, they changed how uh, you pick up loot. Whereas the uh, <clears throat> loot in Warzone 1, of course, when you kill somebody, it just falls on the ground. and Or if you open uh, a crate or a duffel bag and stuff, it ends up getting... Uh, <clears throat> tossed out onto the ground in the original one and it was annoying then that uh, it became difficult to pick up which item you wanted because there was a bunch of shit on the ground and you'd have to keep picking shit up to be able to pick up the right thing it was really fucking annoying and then when Warzone 2 hit, they were like they took that into consideration because, you know, people were not happy with it, and so they devised another thing to where you actually had like a backpack and you had to actually open up that backpack and then you could decide what to take out of that backpack. I much preferred that. <laughs> but apparently a lot of people were fucking irate about that. Because they had to open up the bag and they get killed while they were opening the bag and it took longer and, and whatnot. And uh, so, yeah, people bitched. And then so Warzone, with the season two of the Warzone 2, they fucking went back to the old way. And it's worse than it was originally. These 
items are just stacked on top of each other, even worse, and it's just it's just not possible to pick up the right loot. <laughs> it's insanely hard to pick up anything. And uh there's been uh some bugs in there as well. Like uh there's a bug with the, the armor to where when you pick up armor it's, it doesn't actually appear in your inventory and you can't use it. It's like son of a bitch. And then I guess they fixed that bug, but then they stopped having armor spawn so you can't find armor anywhere. It's rare as shit. <laughs> so it's a bit of a shit show, which is usually what happens when Call of Duty first puts things out, which most of the time, let's face it, like, I mean, they're EA. They don't, uh, I don't know if it's just how shitty they treat their employees or what, but they're like, they have, I mean, from what I understand, it's a bit of a grind working for them. Uh, but I mean, it's always, nowadays, games are constantly evolving, so you need, you know, staff working on this shit 24-7, and just bugs are unfortunately a, a big thing in games. As they constantly evolve, it's hard to work out the bugs, man. You fix one, you create ten more. But, uh, <laughs> it, it's fun, you know, I like it, and, uh. I think I think I prefer the battle royal though on this new one uh over the uh, resurgence. The resurgence, I mean it is just it is just insane. It is, it is madness. You die real quick, <laughs> real quick and often, and it's hard to keep a good KDR while playing resurgence. Um my KDR is shit after the first night. It is like point seven something. So I've died more, you know, of course, a, a fair amount more than I, I've had kills. And uh, the Battle Royale, man, uh, the, sucks, like, because season one, they weren't actually counting the stats of your kills or wins. Now they are, and I feel like I had a really good KDR and stuff playing the main Battle Royale. And all that playing quads and trios. And uh, it's gone to complete shit with season two. I don't see uh, myself ever really getting much good KDR with the way the resurgence is. And that's annoying, you know. I'd like to have at le- I'd like to have a positive number, like a one point something at least. <laughs> have slightly more kills than deaths. Though, you know, I'll take it if we keep winning. You know, it's like, uh, at least we get the dubs, which reminds me of the, uh, I did get around to watching the Bill Russell docuseries on Netflix, and, uh, the man is quite possibly the goat when it comes to basketball. Uh, I mean, 11 championships with the Boston Celtics, and he coached for two of the wins, he coached and played. I can't believe how, like, how, like, that's got to be a real pain in the ass to coach and play at the same time and fucking just keep winning championships. The man was a, a fucking legend. And, you know, he was big in the civil rights movement. He was, uh, he marched with Martin Luther King and, uh, <clears throat> he was just very active as a civil rights activist and, uh, <clears throat> He, he money wasn't like his big thing. He he you know he was uh though he made some money in his day, 
And, of course, the rivalry between him and Wilt Chamberlain, that was some uh, classic shit. As, uh, you know, Wilt Chamberlain, of course, could score 100 points in a game, but uh, couldn't take down Bill Russell, man. Could not defeat the Bill Russell, at least on, I mean, he could on a, a game-to-game basis, but not win like a series in the in the uh in the playoffs or or championships is the Bill Russell's just the fucking man. Of course the GOAT. <clears throat> and uh that's that's yeah. There's like very I don't know that there's any other sports team that ever had that crazy of a record. I mean they won just an insane amount eleven man. Eleven. I can't imagine any teams ever doing that now. Which, though basketball is more of a team that, or more of a game that I feel like is is easier to do because, of course, free agency has fucked up a lot of sports. Where, uh, I mean, teams just whoever's going to pay you the most is going to land these big players, and then these contracts. It's it's when you have a winning team, you end up having to pay everybody more money, and. Uh, so it becomes hard to keep these players. You can't pay everybody an insane amount of money. And uh, there's, you know, the cap, salary cap and all that. So you can only, you know, that's why teams uh, split up and everything. And it's really difficult to keep a, a full team. That's You know, the NFL is super hard to have, like, a dynasty going on because you're constantly got a revolving door of players, you know, not to mention these guys get older. And uh, it gets harder to play, but uh, <laughs> basketball, I feel, is like a little bit easier because there's just not as many uh, people on a team. You know, it's uh, it is. I you know I don't know exactly how the salary caps work on all those those stuff, but it, you know, eleven though. I don't I don't see anybody <laughs> winning like eleven championships. Is uh, <clears throat> with uh, one team like man, it's just fucking insane. He probably could have won, you know, at least one or two more too. Although I mean, he was, you know, watching the docu series and like he was, <clears throat> he wasn't feeling it anymore by the time he he retired. And uh, you know, he was getting older. And uh, a lot of the guys on the Celtics team at that time were were older and. It would have been uh, would have been tough, man. Would have been tough. <clears throat> but I mean, he went out on top. A lot of guys don't do that. I when I think of not going out on top for sports players, I think of uh, poor Dan Marino, man. He was you know one of the best quarterbacks ever in the NFL. Um, as far as like statistics wise, like uh, passing yards, touchdowns, that sort of thing. Could never win the big game, though. Never won the big game. Went to, I believe, one Super Bowl. But, you know, he kept trying. He kept trying. And uh, his last game, man, I believe was against the Jacksonville Jags. And just got fucking devastated. And, like, it was his last game ever. I mean, it was uh, in the playoffs and just just destroyed. <laughs> And, like, that's got to be demoralizing to end your career like that. Especially for someone, too, like, that never got to win that big game 
for I guess if like Bill Russell, if had he played another season and you know they didn't win, go all the way and win the big game, you know, it would have been sucked. But I mean, eleven championships, <laughs> like. Uh, though he seemed like a guy that you know that probably would have been under his skin like fuck I didn't win the last one and then I would think that would be hard to retire if you didn't end with a championship if you're somebody that accustomed to winning I mean that's I mean you probably expect to win like every fucking time I would imagine because they they lost very few (laughs) championships games I mean, well, they're games themselves, but the series, they would fucking go on to win. I mean, they just fucking, it's what they did. (laughs) That's what they did. And uh, so I would imagine a lot of people betting on those games, like it seemed like a pretty sure bet. Like if the odds for the Celtics probably were not, you know, were extremely high and, uh, you weren't going to make a lot of money betting on the Celtics then because it was just like almost a 100% guarantee. <laughs> it's like 99 point something percent. Uh, it was a fairly decent doc though. It got, there's several episodes and I feel like they did a fairly deep dive on uh, Bill Russell as uh, he of course recently, fairly recently passed. I want to say it was 2022. I guess he, he passed away. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I even watched basketball in a while. It, uh, I do uh, do love me some Bill Russell though, and uh, the Celtics. You know they got a great history, and then like Larry Bird and all that all that stuff. And then uh, when KG was on there for a while with Paul Pierce and KG and that squad, and uh, <clears throat> which of course. Oh, the Adam Sandler movie. Uh, oh shit! It, it eludes me th- the name, but man, uh, something jewels, <laughs> uncut gems. Um, that movie is fantastic. As uh, Kevin Garnett is actually in that, and Adam Sandler, of course, is betting on the Celtics of that era, of the Kevin Garnett era to uh, uh, win, the, I guess, the finals. And uh, they do. And spoiler alert, it doesn't end well for Adam Sandler. <laughs> He's a degenerate gambler in the movie. So good. So good in that movie. And that ends up getting murdered in the end. And uh, still worth a watch, though, if, you, if you're not. Although that's, like, the big thing in the end. I... I I don't know. I haven't seen every single Adam Sandler movie, but I'm willing to bet that's probably the only one of his films where he dies in it. And, uh, because, you know, most of his films are uplifting and happy. And, uh, <laughs> let's see, how many films <laughs> that Adam Sandler died in? I don't, I think, uh, let's see, I, I imagine it's just one. See, see here. Just should just be one. <laughs> oh, little Nikki. Does that count? He's already kind of died. Oh, Looper says he's died on screen more than you realized. Shit. Okay. Little Nikki, though, that doesn't. I feel like that doesn't count. 
because he's sort of, I mean, he's like the devil's son or whatever. Um, it's an article on Corpse Looper, and uh, as Benjamin Franklin famously noticed, in this world, nothing can be said to be certain except death and Adam Sandler movies. And sometimes, when the stars align and a very special birthday wish is made, these two phenomena overlap. Sandler is many things on SNL, an SNL alum, the first man in recorded history to rhyme harmonica with anything else for the sake of a seasonal ditty, and technically Rob Schneider's legal guardian. <laughs> More than anything, though, he's a movie star, and he does pretend things for money. On several occasions, he's pretended to die not as often as, say, Sean Bean or Danny Trejo, but it's happened quite a few times. Here we've compiled a list of every time that the once and future heir to the Madison family fortune has kicked the bucket for an audience amusement. Take a moment to pause, consider Sandler's many character deaths, and wonder why none of them were reserved for the absolute maniac that he played in 50 First Dates. Uh, yeah, little Nicky died a lot Yeah, they, uh, throughout the movie he died, but he's sort of like dead. I mean, he's... <laughs> Uh, oh, you know what? I don't know that I watched Deuce Bigelow 2. He died in Deuce Bigelow 2. I know I've seen the original. Have I seen this? I probably saw it. Shit. It says, does this count? Hard to say. Technically, Sandler dies off screen in Deuce Bigelow European Gigolo. This is sort of detail that would probably warrant a cacophony of uh, corrections from the internet if anybody had actually seen the movie. <laughs> and look, is Deuce Bigelow European Gigolo the critically panned sequel to Deuce Bigelow Male Gigolo, an unapologetic raunch fest of the subject of male sex workers being hunted down and killed by a deranged serial killer? It is. Did Roger Ebert describe the film as a new Gigolo? <laughs> uh, that's nice. Giga L O W, that is. And uh, state that the best thing about it is that it runs for only 75 minutes. Definitely. All of that is neither here nor there. What matters is that Eb Sandler appears in a brief, uncredited cameo as one of the ill-fated sex workers in uh, the lead character's social orbit. He dies before the movie starts. Critics and paying viewers could only have hoped to be to be so lucky. And uh, <laughs> that's pretty great. Adam Sandler switched off and click. It's been a long time since I see that he he dies. Shit. See uh. In 2006, Click uh, Sandler, the role of the dad who works too much until magic happens, a beloved character featured in family films like Hook, Liar Liar, A Thousand Words, and any number of movies where a middle-aged man gets turned into an animal. It's the Jack Ryan of PG comedy. Any and all successful Hollywood actors eventually get a turn. Here, dad who works too much uh, until magic happens is working too much when one day some magic happens. He's given remote control with the power to manipulate time and uses his newfound gift to work too much even more. Unfortunately, balancing one's professional and personal life is a must in any supernatural scenario, and he's taught a hasty lesson when he accidentally fast-forwards to the end of his ill-spent days. Confined to a hospital bed, he yoinks his life support system right off his body and runs out into the street to reconcile with his estranged family and express remorse for having worked too much. Then some more had magic happens, and he wakes up back in the good old days, just in time not to not work so much. Omnipotent remote controls are a fickle mistress. So he didn't really die. He just went to the end to when he dies, but he didn't. That I don't think that really counts. 
Oh, I didn't see the this one. I don't think Adam Sandler got burned by bedtime stories. Uh, do do do. Uh, at the end here, the children sadly children are evil and Skeeter, this character, finds himself in a real pickle when the kids relay, relay the tale of a guy very much like Skeeter being killed by a fireball, making one of only a couple dozen times that somebody burns to death in a Disney movie. We can happily report that the fireball winds up being a metaphor for Skeeter getting fired from his job the next day, but that does nothing to solve the pain of watching Happy Gilmore expire in a burst of white-hot death. Uh, and then, of course, Uncut Gems is on here, and which is it's a uh, such a good movie, such a good. See, uh, television killed the television star, so he died on SNL. Uh, Sandler is credited with having appeared in eighty-seven episodes of SNL. For the most part, his characters walked away largely unkilled. <laughs> Some were not so lucky. Ninety-four saw Sandler's Pepper Boy, an enthusiastic server at an Italian restaurant with an abiding love of pepper. Dead of Pepper Lung in his pre premiere sketches narrated epilogue. The following year, another of his characters committed suicide when his wife, played by Chris Farley, wouldn't stop talking. Later in 95, he was killed by a polar bear for the first of two times in his career during the polar bear sketch. I remember the Pepper Boy. I don't remember the Pepper Boy sketch. I mean, I remember the Pepper Boy sketch. I don't remember the polar bear. Sorry. The actor's most recent television death was during 2015's Night of Too Many Stars, a blockbuster event aimed at raising autism awareness. There, Sandler appeared in a pre-taped segment, re-teaming with Bob Barker in what started as a family, as a friendly message of unity and devolved into the closet uh, closest you can get to an uh, itchy and scratchy cartoon when one of the performers is 95 years old. At the end of the scene, Barker and Sandler both died of Ebola. <laughs> Then hung out in heaven, beating the hell out of each other. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's not that many times he's died in films, but he's done it more than once. And some of those are like debatable. It's like, do you really count that? Do you really count that? Do you count Little Nicky? I I don't know. If you count Little Nicky, man. That's like Little Nicky. There was like click. Do you count that? It's not like it was final. Uncut gems. He dies, and that is fucking it. He is not coming back. It's not like we're getting a glimpse of what could happen of him at the end or anything like that and click. It is he is gone. And it's it's brutal. It's brutal. It's it's fantastic. It's dark. I like when Sandler goes dark. I think he's you know, he's uh like in his fifties now. I don't think he needs to be fucking happy Gilmore every picture anymore. Like it's it's nice to see him other things I like I love the Sandman love the Sandman uh sadly you know he was just in in town and uh I didn't I didn't get uh tickets quick enough I remember I wanted to get tickets and then when I was like all right I'm gonna buy tickets it was too late the the cheapest tickets were a couple hundred bucks I was like oh nope don't want tickets that bad <laughs> should what uh you know should have went on immediately as uh and uh tried to get tickets Holy shit, that would have been that would have been dope. I've loved the Sandman. I mean, I listened to uh his records like uh in junior high, I guess is when I was in junior high, that is. Uh he was, you know, started putting out comedy albums and uh <clears throat> with uh all of his old SNL cast members and shit. And Conan, of course, who uh used to was a writer on SNL. 
that is O'Brien, not uh, the Barbarian. He was not uh, <laughs> on SNL with Conan the Barbarian that I'm aware of. And uh, anyway, yeah, those albums were so good. Uh, the first one being uh, They're All Gonna Laugh at You, which is, uh, I believe, a reference to Carrie. <laughs> and uh, the second album is the one I probably listened to the most. Whereas, uh, so, you know, the, uh, the first album, I mean, the first album was fucking great. Was great. I, I probably listened to the second one far more though. The, uh, what the hell happened to me? But they're all going to laugh at you is like, holy shit. There's uh, I don't know that uh, I didn't listen to the 100% fresh, but I feel like that's probably just because that's like the name of his Netflix special, and uh, I watched the Netflix special, so I imagine I've heard all of those. I don't think I listened to the 2004 one. Shh, don't tell. I probably heard a few of the songs at least. Um, man. This uh, allmusic.com, they don't they don't rate these Stanler albums very very well. I am I am surprised at the ratings. Uh, they're all gonna laugh at you, which came out ninety three. Um, give it three and a half stars. Uh, then of course, what the hell happened to me? The second they're only three stars. Although the user reviews give it more. The <laughs> People writing this website, they're like, you yeah, know, fuck you. And uh, I, I'm surprised. What's your name? The third album, which is like the Lonely Kicker and stuff, which uh, one's all right. But I would say of those, the albums I've listened to, it's probably the, the least on my list. It's mainly songs, that one, if I remember correctly. Uh, not so much sketches. And... Uh, they actually rate that one four stars by the all music rating, but the the fans give it three and a half. Three and a half. Stan and Judy's kids, which I fucking love that one. It is like the lowest rated one on here. It's two and a half stars, and that is his uh, album that he put out in '99. And holy shit, the songs and mainly it's just I love the song. She comes home to me. He's talking about his girlfriend is a prostitute and. Uh, <sighs> <laughs> man, which I don't know that that might be what the hell happened to me had great music in it. Like there's pretty much every song in that one. piece of shit car, or like Ode to my car, which is like piece of shit car. Got a piece of shit car. Like, Oh, so good. And just like the, the music on that one's really good. But like the songs that really stand out to me, like the two, two biggest songs to me, which uh, are not the two biggest Adam Sandler songs, of course. Where like the Hanukkah song is probably his biggest song ever, or Lunch Lady, uh, like the Lunch Lady Land song, where and uh, famously he performed it with Chris Farley as the Lunch Lady. And uh, but I would say the Hanukkah song is what he's like, you know, most known for, and I believe that's on. They're all gonna laugh at you. I could be wrong. Maybe that's the second album. Anyway, uh. <laughs> But, uh, man, Stan and Judy's Kid has 
the fucking uh, she comes home to me but uh, they're all gonna laugh at you she comes home to me is the one with the prostitute of course and uh, then uh, the fucking at a medium pace which is on the the original album she's all gonna laugh at you which I, I would say is probably I mean I used to do that one at karaoke a lot it was a closer for, for me <laughs> Which a lot of times left the crowd like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to do up and do some Sandman. A uh, song about uh, Baton. Oh, yeah, the Thanksgiving song, too. That's another one of his bigger songs. Uh, that was on, of course, the original album. As uh, Lunch Lady Land is, is all they're going to laugh at you. But I guess, uh, it looks like it's the Hanukkah song was on the, the second album there, though. What the hell happened to me? It's been a while since I've actually you know, looked at... Uh, Gone track by track here on uh, these records. I remember what's, uh, yeah, the Hanukkah song's on that one. And uh, well, I guess the songs, there wasn't that many songs. It was mainly uh, sketches. The sketches are solid on that one, though. And uh, all the ones, Steve Polychronopoulos is on that one. That was a classic. Steve Polychronopoulos. Uh, <coughs> but, uh, Crazy Love, that was all right. I love the sketch. Uh, sex or Weightlifting, that one's f- absolutely fantastic. <laughs> it's like, is that two people having sex or working out? That's you having sex with me. That's good shit. I th- the Stan and Judy's kid, though, I mean, the fucking song She Comes Home to Me just makes it so, so fantastic. I feel like the sketches are... So so, but she comes home to me. There's a Hanukkah song part two, which I forgot about that. Um, holy fuck! I I gotta hear it. I gotta hear parts of she comes home to me now. As uh, I fucking absolutely just love that song. It and it's like he goes, you know, all uh, like Frank Sinatra with it. He's got the big band in the back. He's just a lounge singer. It's so great. It's got that nice little swing to it. But she comes home to me. And it's uh comes home to me. Uh God damn it. Here we go. All right. Don't play an ad, YouTube. I know you're going to do it. <laughs> I know you're going to do it. Yep, there's an ad. Sons of bitches. Yeah, I can't watch a single YouTube video anymore without seeing 10 ads. Sad days. Miss the early days. Oh, I have always been a fool for love. I have finally made my score. I got a girl and I don't mean to boast, but she loves me the most. Even though she's a highly paid whore. It's that big band. She'll give head to a chic. She can stuff three cocks in her cheek. But she comes home to me. She'll go to groom. And the best man She'll slap your ass in the back of a van But-
Oh, it's so good. I mean, that is the Sandman that I love. That I, the Sandman that I love is just the the just uh, the lowbrow humor and just the the dirty the dirty man the dirty Sandman the dirty Sandman. <laughs> I mean, at a medium pace, I guess I'd have to put that above. She comes home. At a medium pace is so fucking good, so good. You know, the whole song's about him just jerking off. Like, now take that shampoo bottle out of my ass. Pretend I'm the pizza delivery boy. Watch me whack off. (laughs) It's so good. And uh, watch me do it at a medium pace. Uh, Just like his, uh, basically it's, you know, his girlfriend uh, just watching him jerk off or helping him jerk off, I guess. Which I guess they do have sex in the song a little bit, but it's mainly him just whacking off at a medium pace. It's been a minute since I've listened to at a medium pace. Uh, that, oh, Sandman. <sighs> Would have been great to see that show. And the the Netflix special, 100% Fresh. Like, man, there's some great songs on that as well. There's the Chris Farley song. And uh, the phone wallet keys, phone wallet keys. All I need is my phone wallet keys. And uh, that's just good stuff. Fucking a Sandman. Uh, I think I'm I'm good here though. As uh, I need to probably eat some more Girl Scout cookies, get some more tagalongs up in this bitch, and go more into it like a food coma. As uh, that's all I've got. And as always, that is a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can. 